Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham. I'm so glad you could join us for today's program. Uh, I have a great friend who's here today who's going to join us and he's going to talk to us about discipleship and house church movements and evangelism and all kinds of amazing topics that he's learned as 12 years as a church planner uh, up here with me in Utah. We're having a good time. And Logan, welcome to the program. I'm so glad you can make it. I am really glad to be here, man. Thank you so much for thinking of me. That's great. Could you really tell my audience a little bit about yourself in terms of your ministry, maybe your backstory a little bit? Yeah. So I'm from Wilmington, North Carolina, and my wife and I moved out to Provo, Utah in 2011. And so we're coming up, like you said, 12 years out here. We came basically parachuted in to start a church. That's why we moved here. And we did it basically what we saw in North Carolina. So we moved here in May and we did like immediately the next month, June, July, and August, we held a monthly preview services because that's what all the church planning book said to do sounds very familiar uh, yeah we did the services no one showed up um (laughs) to any of us which was was, yeah that was foreshadowing and then we did a launch service like a grand opening service and blew it up big in september we had 14 people at our grand opening service so including my wife and i including three friends from out of town and so like single digit locals and then preached all this and uh, had a big hoopla whatnot. And then the next week and for the next full year, the next 12 months, no one showed up. It was just me and my wife and you we know, had that's... already rented. It was dude. <laughs> well, I, I'm really impressed that you continued on those 52 weeks of yeah. faithfulness of, of keeping that going. And that story is actually not as rare as you think in these parts. Like there was no doubt in my mind we were supposed to be here. Like our, like God bringing us to Utah was so clear that, it, you know, for all of the struggle and hardship, perseverance was somewhat easy because it was like this is where he brought us here like this where else do we go like where do we go (laughs) um but so we had already rented that conference center for the whole year so we had the space we show up and we set up and stand by the door and time to come no i had spent all my whole week writing a sermon and so when it came time i would just preach to my wife at the end of the message i'd be like every head bowed Every eye closed, and it's just my, my wife's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, I see that hand, so uh, you know, <laughs> she's like, "What?" This is amazing. But, this yeah, might be my but... favorite story. <laughs> <laughs> this might be great. Well, and I've heard this from planters all over America, and also international missionaries. Uh, you think about the people that are called to the hard places. Listen, there are people who are called to kind of the Bible Belt, if you will. And again, that's actually getting more difficult now, but like it still is quicker to produce metrics, if you will. Yeah. And then those who are really called to the hard places, I mean, 1040 window, post-Christian America, places that are less reached, 
you have to understand that the metrics are going to be more of a dissuader or a discourager right. than an encourager. Did you find that? I, well, absolutely. Because according, again, following church planning books like a checklist, which is, I just like, that was a huge mistake on my part. Well, I've been uh, there and done that, so I'm not. Right? I'm you not, think, well, it worked for this guy over here, and he opened, you know, their first service had 500 people, and I was like, oh, so if we do it here, it'll be the same thing, and it wasn't. But uh, to your point about the metrics, I wonder, like, I think we try to emphasize or try to record, keep track of the wrong things. Like, the things that people are most interested in, we have no control over. Right. Like you ultimately can't control how many people show up or how much people like there's things yeah we can push and promote and, and teach and encourage but ultimately those are things you can't control and then the things we can control the things like where things we're commanded to do so far as like gospel shares and time spent fasting and praying and people were pouring into and developing and, and teaching i've never filled out a form like ever you know to one of our sydney agencies wondering like you know are you fasting and praying like no <laughs> no one's like, how many times, you know like how many times did you share the gospel but it all it's always like what's the attendance what's the offerings i think we're wrong in what we we track uh, not that those things aren't important but i think Absolutely. if we go by if we're we we tout attendance and we tout all these things and then you do get into one of these hard spots these difficult more unreached spots and right off the bat, it's discouraging because you're looking around and no one's got the numbers. And you're like, well, man, maybe I'm, you know, maybe we shouldn't be here. Maybe this isn't what we thought. So, And if you'll permit me, I just, I live enough in that world that usually the metrics come off like this. Well, it must be you because <laughs> this works for everybody else. And so that's, that's encouraging the metrics are not yeah. a problem. And so if we just get a guy in yeah. here, running the playbook to perfection, uh, who's right. got who's got the goods? Then this thing will take off. That's one of the reasons why we found each other because we, there's just a uh, kind of a kindred spirit, little brother in arms there. Where there it's you just, go, man. You're, you're, but you're, but you're, you're absolutely right, and I think because we compare each other, we compare results like without context. Like we're like you know we're comparing what's happening here in Utah, where you and I are. Versus what's happening like in Virginia or North Carolina where I'm like, that's, I don't even, that's not even, a, that's apples and oranges. That's not even the same comparison. Like, we may pull out the same, not like attendance. That's the same like metric, right? right? But there's no, we're ripping it from its context. And so then, yeah, one of us looks like a failure <laughs> because we get, we're just comparing numbers. Like, okay, this, this guy's the wrong guy. So. Well, and the way I look at that particular situation is if you're in an area that has a history and has a, as a tradition, if you will, you're standing on the shoulders of generations of other people that have already built that base. It looks good, but it would be insincere to take full credit for that just because you're just so wonderful. You're, right. you're standing on the shoulders of other ministries that have come before you. When I look at our area, we're at the ground zero. One of the examples I give is Colorado Springs in the early 70s or 60s or whatever was considered one of the least reached metros in America. Uh, it was very secular, kind of off the grid in the mountains. And there was this incredible cry across all evangelical denominations to say, you know, we're just going to saturate this place. And you see this kind of growth now, but like 50 years ago, the people today are standing on the shoulders of people from 50 years ago. And it's kind of like you and I are like those people 50 years ago who moved to the Springs 
to kind of bring the gospel uh, to a hard reach place. And so I think that there's a, a tendency to just take for granted the work that has been going on for generations in some contexts. Well, you know, and that's, I think we're seeing that, yeah, in Utah, you have now laborers that have been around for the last decade or two, and even we're seeing an right. influx now. But then while we're seeing the labor pan out, so I agree with, like, we are, like, they're front lines on a lot, in a lot of places, too, in Utah. But every once in a while, I'll hear stories of some brother or sister who's been in Utah 50 plus years, and right. all they've been doing is praying, mm. right? And it's like, Okay, so we're kind of, like, essentially, we're kind of the answers to their prayer. Like, we're standing on their prayers. It's interesting you talked about the prayer aspect. There's something when I go and I meet with other churches, like, you know, your typical county seat church that's been around for a while, and they want to see how they can get involved in missions. I say, send me to the senior adults department. And they're like, what? Yeah, send me to the senior adult department because I need the prayer warriors. I need people who are go to the mat for me. I need people I can count on that are going to be holding me up and lifting me up in prayer because that is an absolute necessity. And it's the least reached aspect because everyone was like, well, give me a mission team or give me money or give me these kinds of things. But prayer should be the first thing. And as you mentioned, yeah. our faithful people here who've been praying for, you know, 50 years. I mean, it it is not for naught. I mean, there are cool things happening. And again, anytime any of us have any kind of measurables, it's not 100% our own. It is as a result of those prayers. You're teaching me something because we have over the course of 12 years solicited mission teams and all this kind yes. of stuff. And I have kind of written the, that demographic off That's because I feel like we get the most flack from that demographic, especially now with what we're doing. But right. you, but case in point, they like you're right. Those they are always the ones showing up to the prayer meetings. They're always the ones, and uh, yeah, that's just that's convicting right there, man. That's what can that's powerful. I think that's and, solid takeaway. Well, what's interesting is I come from a church revitalization background as well. You know, what's interesting is so many times that demographic is not engaged to do anything other than right. give money. If I'm being candid, be there, usher, you know, pass the plate, do whatever, and. When you look them in the eye and you say, I need you, you're my guy, you're my lady. I know every, every morning at 5 a.m. your Bible's open and you're going before the Lord. Could you just remember me then, please? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, they, that's solid, man. Like, that's, and, that's good. And they feel a sense of purpose. They, they, you know, for so many times, you know, I, my dad just passed last year. My mom's in her 80s. And it's one of those situations where, again, the neglect, because as the body starts to give way, your world kind of shrinks. Yeah. And so what happens is there's this tendency to almost retire from church and retire from ministry because physically you have limitations. You can't go and dig a hole or you can't, you know, necessarily get on a roof anymore or those yeah. kinds of things and, or just do an exhausting long block party. And, but you can get on your knees or even on your easy chair. I don't care. And just open that Bible and go to war. And I think that that's a, a resource that I would love to see uh, used more. That's good. Yeah, I'm in agreement. Yeah. Like that's that's really good, bro. Yeah, and I think it was really funny. And then you talk about the other issues. Then if they're praying for you, they're going to go bother their pastor about you too. <laughs> so that's awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, well, that, that's right too, because right, I mean, because prayer is gonna gonna knit their hearts to yours, and uh, I mean, it's gonna gonna develop that relationship, and it's gonna, yeah, you're right. Every so often, there's that pastor who's like, Mike, can you get him to stop? I, I get it. <laughs> 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 But anyway, but anyway, so, but okay, I just want to let our, our listening audience know the good news is you did not stop at 14 people, including your family. That is not the end of your story. No, <laughs> so, we so we're going to move on. You pivoted. You made an amazing pivot yeah. that saw a lot of fruit. And I want you to maybe talk to us about that process and, and how you came yeah. there. So we were in this kind of doing the mobile church um set up at that conference center for five years. And then in five years, we absorbed a church whose pastor was done, just moving mm-hmm. out of state in uh, Salt Lake County. So they had a big building up there. They had some staff members. And so he asked me to take it over. I was like, no, I don't need your mess. I've got my own mess. And he's like, no, 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 don't leave Provo. Like, would you ever consider doing something like multi-site? And I had, okay, maybe I never even crossed my mind. And so we did. But from the time he asked me to do that till the time he moved away was one month. Oh so my. there was like yeah. no transition, no. You're blind by the seat. It was like insane. We don't know what we're doing. In the chaos, people are coming and going and, you know, it's all kind of stuff. Well, we, we write the ship and that merger if you want to call it that, lets us get out of the conference center in Provost. We have this big building in Taylorsville across from City Hall. And now I've got staff members and all this. I thought, man, I've arrived, right? Now I go from nothing. And now I've got two buildings and staff members and people. And this is crazy. So I just run, I'm running back and forth. I'm preaching up there Sunday morning, preaching in Provo Sunday night. And we did that for three years. We're out of time, but we'll continue this conversation on our next episode. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.